Why, hey there. Today on the podcast, we are talking about psychosocial risk factors and how they could be preventing positive results with your ergonomics processes. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. I'm your host, Darcy Jeremy. I'm a board-certified professional ergonomist with over 15 years of experience delivering ergonomics programs to employers of all different types. In this podcast, I share what other healthcare professionals are already doing and being with ergonomics assessments and how to land those clients that you dream of. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode right now. Hello, fellow ergonomics enthusiasts. The fact that you are listening to my voice come through your speakers right now sets you apart from other ergonomics professionals in the world. Yes, we are not only talking about professional development in the world of ergonomics, but I'm also sharing some really neat research. This is late-breaking research that I'm sure you're going to have some valuable insights to how you run your business and how you implement ergonomics programs. Today, we are talking about psychosocial factors that is really important to identify and work with and be aware of when we are promoting ergonomic services and when we're implementing our services as well. Lastly, before I dive into what this recent literature is saying, I want to frame this in the context of the Great Resignation, where our employers are scrambling to find well-fit employees and retain them. The Great Resignation is something that has almost come from nowhere in the past half year, the last half of 2021. And what the study that I'm going to share with you today really shows the value of looking at psychosocial factors, not on an individual level, but it looks at looking at the psychosocial factors in all at once. Before we dive into the context of this article, I want to break down some of the ergonomic risk factors that can contribute to the development of a musculoskeletal disorder. Of course, we have those ergonomic risk factors, the forced repetition posture, the individual risk factors, poor work practices, poor fitness, and poor health habits are included in that. But then we have this third area. The psychosocial risk factors, that includes work pace, task demands, monotony, autonomy, social support, work rest cycles, job uncertainty. There's so much that goes into that. And there has been a plethora, many, 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 I should say, scientific journal articles that have reported positive results when the psychosocial risk factors were improved in the effect of musculoskeletal disorder reduction. So this is really powerful stuff. 
especially if you're working with clients who have a wellness program, so they have those individual risk factors identified and improved upon. You've implemented ergonomics assessments and checkups, yet there is still musculoskeletal disorders, discomfort, pain, and symptoms happening. Psychosocial risk factors could be an area of opportunity for you. This is because work-related stressors negatively affect the worker's mental and physical health. Related to those job demands, and the job demands could be time pressure, work pace, workload, job control, lack of participation in decisions. How much is that relevant right now, you guys, with people working from home or working from the office or the hybrid? There's so much that seems to be outside of their control, and rightly so. Um, This also has to do with job satisfaction, opportunities for development and challenges included there, and support, social and emotional support from coworkers and family. This isn't a woo-woo subject. There has been literally so much evidence over the years that highlight the relation of back pain along with psychosocial markers. It's highly correlated. So this particular study that we're talking about today, the Comprehensive Approach to Psychosocial Work Environment, which will be listed in the show notes for you to check out, it had certain outcomes that they were looking for, including self-reported burnout, stress, and cognitive strain as indicators of poor psychosocial work factors. One really intriguing finding from this article was that individuals who report experiencing both job strain and effort-reward imbalance at work exhibit higher levels of mental health problems than individuals who are exposed to one of these factors alone. These researchers also come up with an interesting ongoing discussion, which perhaps will lead to other ergonomics research down the road. And it talks about the idea of stress buffers in the workplace. Psychosocial resources have been shown to buffer the impact of job stressors with the strongest interactions observed among individuals who experience the greatest levels of stress. And these researchers provide some suggestive evidence to support the idea that increasing levels of job control and meeting co-worker support, supervisor support, and justice, trust, and rewards being strongly and linear associated with more favorable mental health outcomes. Lastly, ergonomics enthusiasts, I have a real treat for you. It's all about where to focus our attention because we all know that we don't have an endless amount of budget and resources to address psychosocial concerns. And there is an order of work factors. And these are really important to identify so that we're not wasting our time unless 
effective psychosocial work factors. This is the really cool thing. These researchers have found that a really important psychosocial job quality is along the supervisor support and justice trust and rewards dimensions. So that's going to be the biggest value. I'll say it again. The biggest bang for your buck will be focusing on the supervisor support and justice trust and rewards dimensions. You might be asking yourself the question, how exactly does supervisor support and justice trust and rewards dimensions, how does that look in the real world? I'm so glad you asked because I have the answer for you. And what these researchers are saying is that structural interventions aimed at addressing upstream factors such as leadership quality and broader organizational processes stand the greatest chance of improving psychosocial job quality and promoting workplace mental health precisely because of the effects that they have on the wide range of downstream job conditions. If those structural interventions don't fall within your scope of genius as a healthcare professional, it might be something that you could look into partnering with those that have expertise into that. Why? Because it's a win-win situation if this is something that you have a fire in your belly that you want to pursue. If you're thinking to yourself that there is an opportunity for you to serve your community and build relationships in your network, please let me know. You can head to my blog, write a comment in the blog, or send me an email because I think this is the leading edge of ergonomics. And if we can address the ergonomics risk factors, the individual risk factors, and the psychosocial risk factors in interdisciplinary teams, isn't that the goal of all of this in prevention of these life-changing chronic musculoskeletal disorders in the first place? And there you have it, my friends. That's episode 92 on the Business of Ergonomics podcast. We talked about psychosocial opportunities, how to leverage this into the services that you offer, and opportunities for you to partner with like-minded individuals who are looking to impact your community to the best of their abilities. I'll catch you next week, my friends. Thanks for listening as always, and have a great week. So if you like what you heard in this podcast episode and you want to learn more, you want to learn how other healthcare professionals are already adding office ergonomic expertise to their services and practice, I have a training for you. All you have to do is head to ergonomicshelp.com slash learn dash ergo. That's ergonomicshelp.com slash learn dash ergo, and you can get started today.